You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hello, everyone. Welcome to session three. I am so excited for you to dive in and listen to this episode with Sam. There are some amazing little mindset hacks and definitely some some scaling advice that I think will be super helpful for everyone. But I want to just kind of start this episode by pointing out something a little funny. So in committing to uh, share this whole process, I feel like I want to commit to share my piece always as much as possible too. And so my piece that I want to share here is that what actually happened is that I totally missed Sam and I's scheduled recording for session three and we had to reschedule. And the reason I want to share that is because I just want to remind you all that we're humans and we all make mistakes sometimes. So basically what happened is Sam and I were scheduled for a specific day. It had to be rescheduled, and we did the rescheduling kind of just via messaging back and forth instead of her doing it on my calendar. I have no idea what happened, to be honest. I either moved it and it didn't save on the calendar, or I got distracted and I didn't move it. I have no idea. But basically, we agreed to a time, and I didn't show up for it is the gist because it never got changed on my calendar. And Sam messaged me and was like, hey, do we have a session? And I did not see my messages and just completely missed the whole thing. And so, listen, it's probably the first time that's ever happened in my business. It may have happened before, but I honestly don't recall that it has. But the reason I want to share that is because I want to share this whole process with you and the whole process of us all being human and doing the best we can. So if you've ever accidentally screwed something up or missed a client session or whatever, know that that's okay. And honestly, Sam could not have been more understanding or cool about it. And I'm so grateful to her for that. But shit happens to all of us. I just want to put that out there. And so I hope that is helpful for you. If you've made a mistake this week or you're beating yourself up about something in your business, it happens to all of us at different times in different ways, but the truth is you can always forgive yourself and it's never as big of a deal as it feels at the time. I was so upset when I realized um, I had missed a session and so kind of like just discombobulated because I had never really had that happen before. And you know what? It really wasn't that big of a deal and it was all fine. So I share that to bring you the whole process and now we will dive into session three so you can see even more of it. Okay, so give me an update. What's been going on? Yeah, so um, I launched the scholarship on Monday, so that's good. Um, Had like a bit of a crazy weekend, like just we, my in-laws were in town and then we had some like weird things happen through the weekend and so I really didn't want to post it like on Monday. I was just like, ugh, I don't want to do anything. Like I just want to not even work today, but I did it. I was like, no, screw that. Like it's getting posted today. It's going up and I can at least like put it out there and then, you know, continue to promote it more um, while I have the scholarship open. So I've been promoting that. Um, It's going to be like the applications are going to be open for two weeks. So I've just been um, since Monday trying to, you know, put it out there as much as possible. Um, So that was good. I feel good about it. Um, No applications yet, but 
Um, and that's like one thing that I want to talk about today. Just like some other ideas I have to promote it more. Um, and then let me think about what my other goals were. I haven't gotten a chance to do like post the VA job description anywhere because I need to like think a little bit about how I want them to apply. You know, we talked about kind of having people self-select out, right? So I can say like, oh, send me, you know, five examples. And then people that don't send me five examples, I can immediately weed them out. Totally. Um, Because they didn't read the direction. So I just have to like, it's only going to take like 10 minutes to think about it and actually post it places, but I just haven't because I was like so focused on getting the scholarship like landing page built and everything launched around that. We can talk about that today too. Like that's definitely something that we can go through too so that you feel like, okay, that's just done. I don't even have to go do that after this. It's just kind of locked in. Yeah, exactly. And then um, lead gen, I think I I mentioned this in base camp, but I had one of the people that subcontracts to me had one of their contracts canceled, but then somebody else that subcontracts to me got a new client. So I'm like level still at like $9,800 a month right now in client retainer work. So I have kind of like a lot of irons in the fire right now. I have another subcontract um, that they're waiting to hear back on. And then I have done like two, I've sent out two proposals for more full service clients. And then one of my other clients that um, they own like multiple businesses, I reached out to them to um, see about getting them on board for some of the other businesses. So I kind of think like nothing nothing is turning over and converting yet. And so I'm just waiting kind of. In, I'm in this space where I feel like, ugh, it's annoying that they aren't converting yet. But also, you know, I feel like what will probably end up happening is they're all going to convert almost at the same time. And right, all of a sudden right. I will have surpassed that. So I'm like, just like think reminding myself of that. Like, I'm really not worried about it. I'm just continuing to do lead gen, you know, and keep that going like on the side. Yeah. I mean, I think like in, in some ways that's like the hardest place to be in business is in between like you've taken action, you know, to like do that. And you're sort of in that middle ground where like the, the solution is on its way, but you're waiting for it to play out. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like, I'm not worried about it, but it's, you know, I'm like impatient about it. So it's annoying. But, um, you know, it just kind of is what it is. Sometimes they convert quickly and sometimes they don't. So something really important I want to point out here is that being in the process and waiting for the solution is something that happens at all levels of business. So Sam being in the process of Uh, knowing that she wants those two more clients, but having to wait for that solution while the process plays out is really valuable to see because I think that sometimes we think that it's only happening in our business or it's only happening because we're not further along. And we have this fallacy built up that like when we're at a certain place in our business, we'll be able to kind of just like click our heels together and get a client. And sure, sometimes it's a lot easier. I'm not trying to make light of that. Obviously, Sam feels like it's an easy process for her at this point. But 
having to wait on solutions is still a part of business. And so I think when we can see that that's happening to businesses of all levels where they have to put in the effort to generate the leads or you know, to solve the problem or whatever, and the result is delayed, it's so helpful for us because we can see that that's a natural process of business instead of something wrong with our process or something wrong with our business. Exactly. And I think like all all that matters and I feel like this is just like a way to almost like let some of that go is to know that like you're doing what you can do on your end. Right. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Right. The the frustration usually comes when we don't feel like we're doing what we need to do. It's so much easier to let it go and it's like I'm doing everything I need to do so this is going to be fine. This is going to work out. Yeah, exactly. Like I started using LinkedIn more for lead gen, which is like something I wanted to start doing. So I'm like kind of starting to do that. So it's just, you know, I can only do what I can do. So it's out of my hands at this point, uh, you know, until I can get on calls and actually sell and everything. So for sure. So I think, you know, part of it too, just as a reminder, because I think sometimes it's important to hear this, is you've been like crazy busy. Like I know we talked about this in Basecamp, but, you know, you had that like really, really busy time both both personally and professionally at the end of last month. Then you had company this weekend, plus you got really sick in the midst of all that. So, you know, it's it's sort of sometimes a blessing. Like I feel like it's almost one of those reminders that sometimes it plays out exactly when it's supposed to play out. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely is just like it is what it is. And like, I still fully know like I can get those additional clients that I can scale and everything. It's just, you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen when you want it to happen. And that's fine. But that again, that's like why in my mind, I'm kind of thinking, oh, it's probably going to happen where they all want to start all in the same week. And then I'm going to be like, oh, my God, like, what am I going to do that? You know, that's a good problem to have. But I am thinking that is probably what's going to end up happening, which is fine, you know, uh, but that's all the more reason for me to hire the VA. Absolutely. And I think what's nice to see about this, too, is that none of this stops you from moving forward. Like, you're going to hire the VA anyway. You're putting out the coaching application anyway. Like, no matter how this kind of plays out, it doesn't actually stop the momentum in anything, and that's super important. Like, we're not waiting on it for something specific. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So one thing I really want to point out to you guys as you're listening to this is that idea where Sam is like, I still fully know I can get these clients. Like that is such an important mindset, right? It is such a difference maker because it's the difference between letting a setback change your belief or not letting a setback change your belief. And when you don't let the setback change your belief, you get the result. When the setback changes your belief, you get the result you don't want, right? So I just want to show you how a six-figure business owner is thinking about things. They're going, I still fully know I can get these clients no matter what the issue is. And that is why they're getting the clients. And so even if you are or are not at that six-figure place in your business, this is wildly important to note here, is that idea of I still fully know I can get these clients even when there's a setback. That belief changes everything. So tell me about... um, the coaching application piece. Let's start there, then we can kind of move into the VA stuff. Um, but let's let's dive into what's happening with the scholarship and the application. Okay, yeah. So I um, have a landing page on my site um, and the application. So I really use the application as like a way to 
um, try to like find out more about who this person is that's like most going to connect with me. So it is kind of like a little bit counterintuitive. Like I um, got some feedback from my um, masterminds that I'm in and everything. They're kind of like, well, you kind of put are putting out two different scenarios. You know, so maybe they've already started their business or maybe they are starting their business and, you know, why don't you get more specific? And I, and I'm kind of like on purpose, not getting more specific because mm-hmm. I want to hear from them because I'm using the application as market research. So I feel like the application is really um, like in depth enough where it's going to give me really good feedback. So that's why I really want to make sure that I get a plenty of applications coming in um, so that I can have that market research and that information from the applicants. I want to say something there because I'm totally in agreement with you <laughs> um, that it's it's like that for a reason. I feel like there's such like an antiquated view of what like niching kind of means there or whatever. Like it has to be people that are either not in their job <laughs> or are in their job. And I think like, yes, of course we want to see who comes to you and if we have like a much bigger – um, gap on one than the other that will be interesting. But ultimately, the problem isn't – the problem that you solve isn't leave your job. The problem that you solve is get the foundations down for your business. So whether you've left two weeks ago or you want to leave in two months, it's almost kind of irrelevant, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's funny that you say that because I, like, did an Insta story about that a couple weeks ago because I just feel like people have like such a hard-on for niching right now that they're like forcing everybody to niche when people like people just think like oh my god I have to figure out my niche right away I can't even start my business until I figure out my niche and it's like a lot of times you like flow into your niche and you figure it out as you go but everybody is just like so focused on niching that it's like I think for a lot of business owners that who are just starting out like that's uh, it's creating this like huge barrier to entry because they don't know how to niche or they don't know what to do or who is my niche and everything. So it definitely is like I'm like all about like figuring that out. Like it, they might be at a different step like in their life, but they're probably around the same area in the journey. So that's why I try to keep it like general, but still informative in that way. Like I'll still so I'll be finding out exactly where they are when they fill out the application. I love that. Totally agree. And and I think like the the beauty is that you know the problem you solve, which is what? Setting up their foundations, right? Right. I am such a big believer in knowing the problem you're solving first and really figuring out more of the niche specifics as you go. If you know the exact problem you're solving, you're going to win at sales and in business. If you're trying to figure out all these metrics and like psychographics of your niche and you still don't really know what the exact problem you solve is for them, you're just wasting your time. So I hope that's helpful no matter where you're at in your business. Like know the problem you're solving first and figure out the niche as you go. That is the fastest way to build and it's definitely the fastest way to sales. Yeah, exactly. And then and I made it like long enough and in-depth enough where, you know, because my one concern with making it free is that like, people don't always they're not always as invested right or committed so um like again kind of using that application process to weed out those people like if they can't take the time to answer these questions 
thoughtfully and everything, then like, why would I ever think that they're going to take the time to like (laughs) really show up for six months of coaching, even if it is free? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like some people just like really need that skin in the game. And like, that is what it is. And it's fine. But I don't I want to weed out the people who are going to be like wishy washy about it. Absolutely. And sometimes the skin in the game is just being willing to even spend the time to answer a 12 question survey or whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. So and I'm trying to keep that in mind also, like, even though, you know, it's only been two days, but, um, you know, how um, I haven't had any applications yet, but also like, you know, right now it's like there's kind of it's going to be open for two weeks. So it's hard right now to create a sense of urgency. Like I'm going to start pushing that this weekend, like if you're working this weekend or if you have time this weekend, like make sure you're getting the application and just like starting to kind of, um, you know, create a little bit more of a sense of urgency just because I, I, I'm not going to be that surprised if I get applications coming in or coming in a little late because they forgot for like, oh, yeah, I want to do that. Oh, I need to find time to do that this week. Oh, shit, I forgot to do it. And then they open it up like the day it's due and they're like, oh, my God, this is long. And then it comes in like one or two days late. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like, you know, I'm fine with that. I want it to be I want to find the right person. Like I'll extend I'll keep it open if I need to keep it open, you know, whatever. It's like I'm kind of keeping that a little um, like in flowy, like however it needs to be is how I'll make it be. Yeah, I think something I've noticed just because I do uh, the partnership process, which is not the same, but it it has an application process at the front end, right, is that especially when they're longer, a lot of people will take time at the beginning because they are trying to be thoughtful about it. Like usually if I get some right away, it's because they were like half filled out. (laughs) Right, right. Right? And so I think it it is a blessing in a way and it's not out of the norm that you haven't gotten any, but I think certainly we want to start giving them a reason to. So I think that um, even being able to say, like, I'm going to start reviewing them this weekend, I'm, like, really diving in this weekend to look at these, that kind of thing. So they feel, like, the urgency of, like, you're going to be looking at them this weekend instead of, like, I'm not even peeking at these for two weeks. Like, just kind of pushing that narrative of, like, I'm going to start reviewing them is number one. And number two is – you know, I love an action taker. So not only am I going to start reviewing them this weekend, but I love people that see something they want and go after it right away. Like give them reason, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And then just like in terms of promoting it. So I, you know, did a couple Insta stories on Monday. Yesterday I did, it was like a bunch of graphics on Insta stories, kind of just, um, you know, the information that's on the landing page tightened up into graphics for Insta stories. Um, and then tomorrow I'm going to do like a Instagram and Facebook live, just like talking again, just like talking about it, talking about the information in it. And then I would think I was going to, I'm going to do like a IGTV maybe just talking about like my, you know, my path to how I got here and like how I worked through my business and kind of that kind of thing. Um, so like in terms of posting on social and, you know, obviously like I'll repackage that content for Facebook and LinkedIn too. And then, um, I posted about it in a bunch of Facebook groups, um, promoting it and LinkedIn, relevant LinkedIn groups promoting it as well. So I've been thinking what I might want to do is just like I go, I use Facebook and LinkedIn groups to do lead gen. I'm thinking I'm going to look through 
you know, what people are posting in Facebook and LinkedIn and, you know, if it makes sense, you know, if they seem like they might be a good fit, comment to them and, you know, private message them or whatever, being like, hey, I think that you might be a good fit for this. And then similarly, like doing that in DMs on Instagram. So like just reaching out to people that I think I think might be a good fit um, and like letting them know about it. So that was like the other thing I think I'm going to try and start. I'm going to try and do starting today. That's obviously going to be super time consuming because it's just so individual. Um, But I think that that will yield some applications. Um, But if you have like any other ideas and obviously like I got I'm asking like all of my friends to post about it and stuff. So um, those should start happening this week as well. Yeah, totally. I think that's something that's interesting here. So I actually um, I'm like totally stole this tip from from one of my clients. She um, was a recruiter for many years. And her way of reaching out, even if she thought the application was uh, applicant was a really good fit, she would reach out and say, hey, do you know anyone that might be a great fit for this? Oh, okay. And then they would be like, yeah, 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 me. <laughs> oh, okay. But it yeah, was like such a different vibe, right, than being like, hey, do you want this scholarship? It's like, hey, do you know of anybody that would be a good fit? So like even when you're posting in groups, I think that would be a really good way to frame it. Like, hey, I'm running a scholarship and it looks like this and it's for this. Tag anyone below that you know would be a great fit. Right. Same thing with the outreach. Like, hey, I saw you mentioned this in groups. Do you know of anybody that that's looking for this? I would love to know if you feel like they're a good fit. That's such a beautiful entry point because a lot of times people are wary of that initial piece being like, oh, yeah, me. But like when you reach out and then they can say like, yeah, actually, I'm a great fit. It's so much right. simpler and easier in a way. It's sort of like being – instead of being like, hey, um, you know, will you be a guest on my podcast? Being like, hey, do you know of anybody that would be a great guest for yeah. my podcast, it's, right? Yeah. It's like they feel like – too seen if you're just like, <laughs> exactly. hey, did you do you want to do this? So they need to like kind of be like, oh, well, you know, I have this friend, but the friend is me. Exactly. <laughs> so that makes sense. I want to take a moment to really point something out here, which is the psychology of marketing. I, I think it's so important to know the, the human psychology behind what we're doing. To, you know, to be perfectly honest, I'm a better marketer and business owner because of my master's in mental health counseling than I truly am because of my MBA. I get people and that makes a difference, which is why we're talking about urgency because when you understand people, you understand that having an urgent reason to do something is crucial. I know if I just look at my own behavior, I'm so driven by urgency, right? In my day-to-day life, your buyers are the same. Same with the, do you know anyone who would be perfect for this piece? It's just understanding the psychology behind it that makes it work so well. So I really want you to take a moment and to go, wait, marketing isn't that complicated as long as I understand humans and how they think about things. And that's exactly what we're doing here is just figuring out what those pieces are and how to play to the psychology of that. That's a great way to get the algorithm going in Facebook groups too because if people tag other people kind of thing, what happens is on posts like that where you're kind of just promoting, they're just not getting seen because nobody's commenting. Right, right. So this is also a way to like up the algorithm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Because it probably just dies like so fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, as far as the groups you're in, like, t- like, are they mostly like newbie entrepreneur? Or are they more in the digital marketing realm? Like, what does that look like for you right now? Most of them 
that I posted in, like, I mean, LinkedIn particularly, like I posted in like all the like small business entrepreneur, that kind, those kind of groups, like startup groups, that kind of thing. Um, because like LinkedIn groups, if they're like about digital marketing, they're really about digital marketing. Whereas I feel (laughs) like Facebook groups are like, Facebook groups are a little more like, like I use at, uh, like Dubsado, right? I use Dubsado for my clients, but there's people going into the Dubsado Facebook group all the time asking about something that has nothing to do with Dubsado just right. because they know the people are there. So Facebook groups, I po- I posted in like a mix of like entrepreneurs and like digital marketing or online business owners and all that kind of – and I also feel like like a lot of times people who are just starting out find those Facebook groups pretty quickly and easily from just like following someone on social or podcasts or, you know, find them, they find them that way. Whereas on LinkedIn groups, um, sometimes it can be harder to find people who aren't already in that space because it's like B2B. Right. So like, of course, they belong totally. to that group because they're already in that space. Yeah, 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 totally. So, so yeah, I think like lead gen for my retainer clients is what I'm going to see more of on LinkedIn and like for coaching, I think it's I'm going to see it more on Facebook and then on Instagram as well. Yep, that was going to be my exact point. I think that's that's totally true. It's almost like you have you're you're moving to a different market here, so really starting to get in some of those potentially different groups and warm that up there, especially in the Facebook world is going to be super important not only in this but setting the right foundation there so that the momentum of this carries right right yeah exactly um another option as far as getting it out there is like I know that you have like the mastermind group and a lot of friends in this space so offering to do something for their community yeah I was thinking about that as well I just have to see like bandwidth wise if I'm gonna have time to do that Mm -hmm. but I mean I think I could pretty easily like hop on at least and do like a live or something yeah I think it's like interesting right how um something I'm always surprised about is that more people don't pitch me stuff like that to do in my group I probably am gonna regret saying that but (laughs) um (laughs) you know because it's so useful right like if somebody's like I have something really valuable to share with your audience like I would love to come in and do that and like you can offer it as a free training and it still serves that person, right? If they can be like, hey, I know someone amazing and they're going to come in and do a free training in our group on X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's so useful. So I would definitely be very, very intentional about handpicking which ones it makes sense to offer that for from a bandwidth perspective. But even if you did that in two places, that might make a really big difference because they – saw you on video, engaged with you in a different way. Yeah, definitely. That's a good idea. Yeah, so I've basically just been, like, trying to think of, like, any other ways, like, more creative ways I can, like, put it out there and get it out there. But I I do also feel like some portion of it is probably going to be people waiting until this – if it's two weeks, you know, they're going to wait until the second half of the second week. Yeah, for sure. And and I think it's just sort of remembering that there, that's not a problem. Yeah. Like, uh, again, like, I mean, I'll push it because right now I have the applications are due like on the 20th, I think. And I said, I'll notify the person that I'm awarding it to like by the 25th. And then we'll start the week of the, you know, the Monday is like the 28th, but it's like the first, technically the first week of November. So like I can really push that, all of that, like by a week if I need to um pretty easily so 
Yeah, I think it's kind of what you said where it's like if some roll in late, that's fine. We'll still stick to that hard deadline just so we can have a date, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's totally fine if like, you know, something rolls in late, somebody just sees it for the first time or whatever. But what I would say is um, I don't know how often you're sharing it, but like honestly, I don't think there's like even more creativity to it, quite honestly. I think it's just about volume. <laughs> Yeah, I need to – I've been – like, my plan is to do it on Insta Stories every single day and then do a live on Instagram and Facebook, one live this week and one live next week, and then an IGTV once this week and once next week. But I do need to, like, post – I think I need to do, like, feed posts pretty much every day and, like, relating it back. So – I haven't. I posted on once on Monday. I didn't post yesterday in the feed. I'm really bad at posting in the feed. Like I just am lazy about it. So, <laughs> I think one other thing I would just like offer here that feels important is um, like obviously keep doing that. You know what I mean? But um, I think like the bang for your buck isn't going to come from the people that are already following you. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I mean, I think the Facebook groups is going to be like and then like if I can get into other people's communities or other people I know sharing it, like I think those are the three activities that are going to or maybe DMs too. Mm-hmm. But those exactly. are the ones that are going to like really um, get applications coming in. Exactly. So I would definitely say like, you know, for sure post on your own stuff. Like don't get me wrong, like post in your feed. But like I feel like it's almost like sometimes we get like so like wrapped up in our own kind of world that we're like, but I'm going on stories every day. And it's like, yeah, but like the people that are watching your stories just haven't been cultivated that this is for them. So you need to get in front of other people's audiences right now. That's Mm -hmm. where you're going to find all the people that want this. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's also just going to be like a a shift there for you because – you know, you, you've you built such a strong network in, in a certain area. And so this is just on expanding it. But, um, you know, being really intentional about being like, am I in other places every single day? The volume of that is going to be the connecting factor that like makes the applications roll in. And then mm-hmm. also another thing I would say is once you start getting applications, talking about the applications. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because that social proof is really funny what that does. So if you can be like, oh, my God – the applications I got this week are really amazing. I'm so enjoying reading them, blah, 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 blah. Then it almost like opens the door for someone else to feel safe. Right. Like putting in an application, right? Yeah. Like giving them that permission kind of. Yep. Okay, cool. Something that I see people in the online space struggle with a lot is the idea that creativity is always the answer. And if you guys know me, you know I'm huge on innovation. Um, So I don't think that's a bad thing, obviously. I think it's a great thing. But sometimes we're solving the wrong problem. Sometimes when people aren't picking up what we're putting down right away, we we go right away to being like, what's the more creative thing I can do here? And I got to be honest with you, it's not always about more creativity. Sometimes it's just about more volume. Sometimes it's just about the fact that the online space is noisy and people have to hear it a lot of times in a lot of ways. I know you saw that as a theme on season one and I want to share it here too. So I just want that to be super clear is that creativity isn't bad. It's just not always the right solution. In this case for Sam right now, it's really not about more creativity. It is just about more volume. Okay, so anything else there? Does that feel pretty settled?
No, that feels good. I mean, it's just like literally that's like my main like focus for the next two weeks, like beyond like normal work and stuff, because I just really want to like make sure I'm getting it out and everything. And I want to try and get as many applications as possible. So um, that's definitely like the biggest focus. Would it help to go like a little more granular there as far as like how many groups, how often you're posting, all that kind of stuff? Or are you like, I feel like I have that part. It's really just kind of making the commitment there. No, it's just like continuing to do it. Like I went, like I posted in all the group, all the relevant groups on Facebook on Monday, all the relevant groups in LinkedIn yesterday. So now today, like my, I'm going to do more like personal outreach in the group. So it's kind of like I know what I need to do on the day to day. Cause especially like, you know, I can't on some, in some of those groups, like I can't post just like a post about the group in the group every day, every day, like I'm going to get bumped out of there really quickly. So then, so like today, because I posted in groups the last two days, today is going to be more like responding to questions and, and like kind of being like, Hey, I have this thing, like this might help kind of a thing. And then circling back, you know, starting the cycle over again, kind of a thing. Totally. And also just remember there are other ways to do it. Right? Mm -hmm. So, like, even if you're not directly saying, hey, apply for my scholarship here, one is the do you know anyone. Another one is the just talking about it. Like, I'm so excited that I'm offering this scholarship program. Like, what were the ways you guys served your first people as you pivoted in your business? Yeah. Right? Because that provides the curiosity. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. So that's something I would focus on is talking about it every day, even if you're not directly talking about it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's a good – yeah, because I don't want to be, like, spammy about it. Like, even though it's this free thing that I, like, want to give to someone to help them, it still can come across as, like, a little, like, "Eh, if it's too much, that makes sense. Just, like, figuring out what is, like, a different version of that. Yeah, like, when I do live streams or whatever, like, you'll always hear me saying, my client, my client, my one-on-one client, my one-on-one client, my one-on-one client. And, like, I'm not directly selling one-on-one, but in a way I am, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. So just like my scholarship, my scholarship application, I'm doing the scholarship thing. Like if any of those, like that languaging makes a big difference. Right. Yeah. So just like talking about it all the time forever. Yep. And then asking those engaging questions around it, like tag someone below or what did you do or whatever. So then the algorithm supports you in that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I'll probably, I'm just going to keep doing that like pretty much every day. That's like my plan. And then um, as far as getting the applications, what I would say too is like obviously if someone's just a hell no, totally fine. But um, anybody that seems like even a remote potential, I would get on a phone call with them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking this morning. Um, Like I wonder if offering a phone call should come like even before the application or after the application because I did think that that would be like a good additional way to kind of get buy-in and kind of get them like into it and everything and I was like maybe I should offer like a free 30-minute consultation call to encourage them to apply or should that come like after yeah I I would say like I think it still makes sense to do application first, call second. Uh, okay. The reason I say that is because I feel like you did a really excellent job on the application page of of making it basically a sales page. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I wanted to just be able to like wash and reuse it when I'm actually launched. So. Exactly. So so I feel like they're getting a really good feel for what it is they're applying right. for and it's free. So there's that. But like um, if, if it was just an application that, that like didn't have all that beautiful lead in, I would say, yeah, that might be worth it because then you can tell them everything about it. But quite honestly, you sold it really well on that page. So I feel like if they're not at least sold enough to fill out 10 questions, like it's not actually worth a phone call. But if they're sold enough to fill out the 10 questions, I think that next call is so smart, right? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. For sure. And and also like if you're in a conversation with somebody and they're like, oh, I don't know. I'm like a little bit worried about it or I'm not sure if it's the right fit. You could always throw out a call then too. But I would say use that more sparingly than um, feeling like you have to do that prior to the application. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, because that was one thing I was like, oh, I don't know, like that could end up like really spiraling into like a lot of calls and not even <laughs> a lot of applications as a result. Right. And like it's also nice because if somebody um has an application that you just like know is not the right fit, you don't even have to waste time on that. Right, right. And and obviously you have the time right now, but it's not like you have unlimited time. So that's just something we want to keep like keeping in mind too, is that like just because you have time, it doesn't mean that it's, you know, a never-ending commodity, right? Right, for sure. Perfect. Okay, so you want to talk VA stuff next? Yeah, basically like I didn't do anything with the VA last week because um, I was just like so gung-ho focusing on getting all the scholarship stuff done. So I know that I could do like put it out there, like figure out you know, how am I going to weed people out this week and put it out there this week? And then I, I'm i thinking like I could have interviews over the next like week or so, make a decision, kind of like get someone kind of, you know, the logistics started this month and kind of have them like softly onboarded so that like by November 1st, they're like ready to start to like be working on deliverables for November. Because like realistically, I just don't think like I have deliverables due starting next week. Like, we're already about to be in the second half of the month. So I just, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get someone on and have them actually be helping me with those deliverables for this month. So that's kind of the timeline I'm thinking. I'm thinking, like, I should still do the interview process and pick somebody and get them, like, softly going this month so that, like, by November 1st, they are, like, ready and raring to go is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think to the point that we talked about last week a little bit, um, that like hire slow, fire fast mentality. And Mm -hmm. so I think like we're not in like this huge rush here. Like we want to do it well and we want to do it right. And so if we're trying to get them onboarded to do work this month, what we're not doing is maybe either a really good job in the hiring process and or a really good Mm -hmm. job onboarding. And that's not what makes sense for you right now because you do have time to do all the work yourself. We're just trying to transition. So I'm totally in agreement with that. Yeah. So I think basically like probably this week I'm just going to do that, like figure out how I'm going to weed people out. And um, I need to ask a few more people for recommendations too. But if not, I'll, you know, throw it up in some Facebook groups. You, I've seen them, you know, because I'm always in them, like anybody asking for a VA will immediately get like 10 responses just Mm -hmm. in one group. 
So that will be quick, I think. Um, I just want to make sure I figure out like I'm really weeding people out so that I can only, you know, I I really only want to have like five interviews max. Like that would be my ideal. Um, so, so yeah, I just have to see. Uh, I have to think about that this week, but I think I could do it this week so that I'm setting up interviews for like next week ish. Um, yeah, I think that should be fine. You think from a price? Well, I haven't. Got, I need to get like hourly. I guess I'm gonna ask people for their hourly rates, but um, I'm hoping like it'll be like less than fifteen hundred dollars for forty hours a month. I I, I can't I math, so I don't even know what that. I can't math rate either. No, <laughs> I'm literally reaching for my phone right now because I just. Cannot. <laughs> so I think it's like, like what is that like thirty like, seven? Yeah, that's like nailed it. Thirty seven fifty an hour so I think that's completely reasonable yeah I think it should be okay I would say like the going rate even like um you know obviously depending on skill level and whatever it is around the $30 mark so that's even above that I would say like a a higher level OBM is more around the 40 to 50 so like you're totally in the right range Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, like, I d- if I could get somebody for, like, around 1200 that would be, like, my ideal situation. But obviously, like, you know, you get what you pay for. So um, I'm, like, open to it being more. I'm going to send you a link um, uh, to uh, one of my very good friends does um, matchmaking with VAs. Oh, interesting. So you can, okay. like, tell her what you need and she'll tell you if she knows anybody, basically, that would fit the bill there. Um, so I would definitely fill out her matchmaking form like this week just to get a few recs, but let's also make a process around it too. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Like obviously like I still want, even if somebody is like recommended to me, I'm, I still want to like put them through the process. Yeah. So I think, um, I love doing stuff where it's like, email me with these three answers, this specific thing attached, and this specific subject line. Subject line, yeah. Subject line will always get people. It'll always trip people up. So that'll be for sure. I'll do that. Um, So like subject line, three questions, and resume attached, right? Right. I am such a believer in making the hiring process a process. I'm definitely of the hire slow, fire fast mentality. And when you are looking to bring someone on like Sam is, who is going to be an integral part of her business, of her scaling and of her serving clients, it is so important to not make that as easy as sending in a quick email and having one phone call. We need to actually make this a process where someone has to show up and show their investment. Personally, that's even why I do the partnership process the way that I do, because I want to see someone else's ability to show up and invest themselves, right? And when you can see that in the hiring process, you are 10 times more likely to have a good decision. The problem is, is that most people, when they're scaling, wait until it's too late to hire and they don't have time to actually do a good process. So they're hiring the first person they talk to and then they're super disappointed. And so my my lesson, my opportunity for you here is to make your hiring process a process and to not wait until you're too full to actually invest in that process, but to do it earlier so that you can truly take the higher slow mentality so that you don't have to fire fast later. And then, you know, for the questions, you can ask like really specific things there too. Like, have you ever written tech, um, (laughs) uh, social media content, right? Yeah. The tech thing is going to be 
interesting. And I mean, it doesn't necessarily like everybody starts at once. So it's just going to be like, I mean, that's obviously going to be a question, but that's not necessarily a deal breaker for me. But it is going to be my biggest thing is like, I think I'm going to have to ask them for like examples of posts from like at least three different industries mm-hmm. is what I'm going to do. Cause it's like my industry is very a lot and tech is one and tech really trips people up. So that is like one important thing. Um, but you know, they also have to be able to do like branding, marketing, PR type posts and like, you know, kind of more cutesy stuff. So it's like those voices are super different. I think the way to think about it is you have some questions that bring people to the top of the pile and you have some questions that weed people out, right? So the question on like, have you ever written tech social media content? That doesn't weed anyone out. It just brings them to the top. And then the question around like, you know, send me three different things. Like if they, if they can't do that, that might actually weed them out. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. And then I would ask them something specific around like, tell me like the top three things that you're like best at doing as a VA. Yeah. Because that's also a good one to bring people to the top and or weed out really because if it's like stuff you don't need, that says a lot. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like I don't really need anybody who's like heavy on Pinterest, which I know a lot of VAs are. For sure. Or if they're like, you know, I love making graphics and you don't need that or any of those things. Like it just gets easier to be like, okay, well, you probably wouldn't like working for me because I would never give you that to do. <laughs> I have started to think about this. Um, I I mean, in an interview, I think like I come across as who I am, but I also think that like for a lot of VAs, unless they're like really filling up their client roster like they're not if I say yes I don't anticipate a lot of VAs are gonna say no but I'm not I'm you know I want to be a good I always strive to be a good leader a good boss and everything and I haven't really had too many complaints in the past when I was running teams but I'm also like a little intense Mm -hmm. so I have to make sure like that's not gonna be an issue like I'm I'm not gonna sit here and make somebody cry but, like, I don't really want you to dread having to talk to me because, like, I'm just too much for you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, usually in an interview, like, I'll just kind of say that. Like, I'll just kind of spell that out. Um, but <laughs> if you have any advice around that, like, you know what I mean? Because it's just I don't want – I don't think that they'll say no, but I also don't want them to be miserable because I don't want to have to turn around and hire and onboard a, a new VA in three months because they just, like – don't like me, which is fine. Like people don't like me. It's not a big deal. I don't really care. That's their lives. This is my life. But I want to make sure they can handle it, I guess. Sounds, yeah. I think myself sounds so, like such an asshole, but <laughs> Yeah, like you're probably just going to make everyone cry. Whatever you do, don't apply to be Sam's VA. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. But like, I guess tell me uh, just for perspective, like what are the things that make you tough or that you think make you tough? Like, say a little bit about that. Well, one thing that's, like, kind of easy-ish to get across in an interview is, like, I'm really not here to micromanage. Like, I will clearly uh, communicate to you my expectations and, like, I'm going to expect you to do them. And if you don't do them, we're going to have a problem. If they're due that day and I'm like, hey, where is this stuff? And you're like, oh, my God, I didn't do it, da 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 whatever that's going to be a problem for me. Like, 
why wouldn't you have told me a week before when you're just like, I don't know about this. Like, we're, I don't know. These things are happening. I'm not really sure. You know what I mean? So there's like a certain level of ownership there. Like, I'm really not here for excuse making. Like, just tell me and then we can figure it out. But like making random excuses, that's an issue for me. Um, Just kind of like not owning your shit is an issue for me. But that's a little bit easier to get across in an interview. But it's also just like I am. I mean, hello, this is why I'm going to go to NLP training. But like, it's hard for me. Like, if you're having a tough time in your life, like, I totally get that. But like, this is it's still your job. So where you know what I mean? Where do we need to land with that? Like, I still need you to do these things. So just that, like, I don't know. I'm just like not in the feelings as much as a lot of people. And then so if somebody's more in their feelings. It just doesn't mesh that way. I I, I want to give you just like a little bit of credit here, though, which is like that's kind of just running a fucking business. <laughs> like, I I actually don't think anything about what you just said is any different than anybody else running a six figure business. Like, I need you to get shit done. If it's not getting done, I need you to tell me, and I need you to take care and consideration in in what you're doing, and that's pretty much it. Like, right. I feel like. T- Not that you're necessarily giving yourself a hard time there, but I also just want to say, like, I don't even think that's a feelings thing. I think that's just, like, a treating your business like a business thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right? Um, But here's what I would say that you could say in an interview that I think is really helpful. Um, I think there are, like, three points to make here. So the way I work is – and I can put this in Basecamp for you. But, like, the way I work is blank. And so I would be really clear about telling them what that is, right? Mm -hmm. So the way I work is that I'm a fast action taker. I like to get things done. I have a plan in advance. I'm going to let you know exactly what I need done by when. And I really don't, um, you know, beat around the bush. I'm super direct. These are all the the ways that I work, right? Right. Yeah. Then you can say the things I value most in people who work for me – are like personal responsibility, accountability, letting me know things in advance, not, you know, bringing a lot of emotions to the business. Like I literally list those things, right? Right. Yeah. I guess that that would scare people off. I mean, not not scare people off, but it is like hopefully people would self-select out of that. At that, you know, once they're seeing this list and they're like, oh, I don't know about her. And then they would self-select out. Well, I think it will be interesting because – I I feel like, and I I haven't been a VA, right? But I feel like if I was, that I would be most excited by that. Like, oh, okay, good. I want to work for someone who doesn't micromanage, who does want me to just run with it, who gives me really clear deadlines, and who isn't real into making it dramatic. Like, that sounds like a dream. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, And that's just could be me thinking about it, you know, like too much, but – yeah, yeah. Like, listen, for some people, it might not be the right fit, but I feel like for a lot of people, that's way nicer because you actually have your shit together. Like, I think so many people are hiring bees because they are just a, a disaster. A mess. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, And then I think the last piece there that I want you to be able to say in the interview is the things that are most difficult for me are. Right. And you can even say that when someone misses a deadline without telling me in advance. Right. When – Someone doesn't take personal responsibility when someone doesn't learn from a mistake. Like, right. 
really be very clear on all of that because that's, even if you end up going through 10 people to get to the right person with that, like if you put those things up front, the way you work, what you value most and what's most difficult for you, it's going to be hard to find the wrong person. Right. Yeah, for sure. That would be like my concern would be like they could be still they could be great at like what they do, but it might not be like a a good blend of personalities would be my concern. And that's kind of I know that's hard. You know, you don't always find that out up front. So it's kind of just like, you know, but that's just like is what it is. It's part of the hiring process. Well, I think it's quite honestly the thing to pay most attention to in the hiring process. Like you can teach someone anything. Right. But you can't like teach them personal responsibility. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm totally fine with like, oh, you don't have to to do that? Great. Like, let me, I'm going to walk you through it. Like, that's not a big deal. I've done that like many times before. But, you know, you playing the blame game, that's a big problem for me. Like, huge. Yeah. In my business, I feel like I've always hired personality over skill set and it served me like really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds And so I would say like, same same thing applies here. Like you have a very specific personality and so someone would be a very specific right match for that. Right. For sure. And so hire for that. Like if they don't – like the easiest part for you is going to be to teach them the specifics. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like I'm very like systematized. So that's why I'm I'm really not worried about like getting somebody like up and running I'm definitely just, like, the personality thing is, like, more of a concern. But I guess, yeah, I should just think about it like that. Like, I should just hire for personality. Like, I can teach everything else. Some people might disagree with me on this one, but I will preach this all day, every day, which is hire for personality over skill. I let go of hiring for skill a long time ago in my business, and I just cannot tell you how much that has served me. I am so much more concerned if they have the right personality that is a match for me, that is a match for my team, and that is a match for my business. And when you can hire from that place, it's so beautiful because most of the stuff we're doing, like I can teach anyone anything, right? But that personality piece, that self-responsibility, that accountability, that initiative, I cannot teach that. I just can't. And where I've always seen the best and biggest results in delegation and scaling is hiring team members whose personality are an epic fit for me and my business. And so if you're thinking about adding a team member, that is the first place I would tell you to start. You can teach anyone active campaign, but you definitely can't teach them to show up and meet a deadline. So I hope that's helpful. I cannot tell you how much it has served me in my business, and I know it will serve Sam a ton too. One thing that we could add to your three questions, which I'll put a note for and put down in Basecamp, is to ask them for like, what's the most recent personality test you took and what was your result? I was thinking about making them take an Enneagram, so. Yeah, or make them take the Enneagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I think that I will probably do that, like as I'm setting up interviews, like ask them to take the Enneagram. Um, just cause like that's the one that I'm most familiar with and like it's easy like I can say like anybody who reads anything about Enneagram I can be like I'm an 8 and they can immediately be like okay so they that's like totally. really I'm clear. an 8 too <laughs> yeah yeah so um, I think that would be good yeah well, it's nice too because then like you you also like obviously think we're gonna work super well together because we're eights, but like you may not want an eight is the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. But that's like again, if I do that, then I can like look and think about that a little bit too. 
and like figure mm-hmm. out who's going to be a good, you know, what others will be a good fit and what won't and who won't and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah. I think the thing to also remember is like this hire that you're making right now is ideally going to be on your team for a very long time to come. So even if the right person doesn't show up in October and we need to even wait to hire until November and onboard in December or whatever, I want you to just give yourself a ton of permission here. Not in the sense of like wait for the perfect person, but in the sense of like really follow your gut because we're looking to give someone what, like 40 hours a month, right? Right. Yeah. We're looking for somebody that's going to be a a really integral part of your team moving forward. And so this isn't like an easy VA hire where it's like, oh, we just need them to post in Facebook groups for me a few times a week. This is like I'm literally bringing on a team member that's going to be here for the long term. So really let yourself like go with your gut on some of this too and like there's no rush. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I know I'm going to be like – I, it's not hard for me to be like, yeah, this isn't a good fit. Like, bye, Felicia. But, like, I also – like, there is – you know, that's a certain amount of time that you're choosing to, like, okay, great. Yeah, I just, like, threw away that time that I spent exactly. onboarding them. So it's kind of like a balancing act, I think. It's almost like that mentality um, of, like – you know, have a really, really, really long form sales page because by the time someone gets to the end, they're already investing the time. They almost feel compelled to buy, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that can happen with interviews. We're like, whatever. I just spent eight hours interviewing people. Let me just pick one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's like, let, let's make sure that we're picking the exact right one. So I'll write the process in Basecamp a little bit more for you that we talked about, but I feel like that's easy enough. Subject line, questions, attachments, and then – as well as the pieces that you're going to bring to the interview and then consider personality a little bit more there. Yeah, that sounds good. Beautiful. All right, so get working on the scholarship stuff. Let me know how that's going. Keep me posted in Basecamp so if we need to make any tweaks or if we have any data coming and we can do something with it and we'll go from there. Okay, perfect. That sounds good. Beautiful. Thank you so much, my dear. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset, strategy, and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.